following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 6th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 35. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And I have to admit, last night I was thinking, man, I really don't know how we're going to lead the show today. Uh, I know we're going to talk to Bucky and talk a little bit about the uh, the the, um, the the New York Giants, their offense, but I really didn't know what we are going to well, talk we, about. And then literally, we were, yeah. literally about 30 minutes later, the news breaks, and I'm like, we got our first segment. Here we go. And it first might take, segment, right? It might actually show. take a lot more than that, but God. Um, but and again, I'm not. I am not at all rejoicing in another man's sorrow. Uh, I never am happy when a player gets released, uh, but I do understand the business of football, and the business of football said that this was something that probably needed to happen. Timing was interesting, but J- Jalen Smith released by the Dallas Cowboys last night. Mike McCarthy said in his press conference a few minutes ago that this was a big picture roster move. Uh, he said he said they felt like this was the best time to do it, uh, and it wasn't an easy decision for them, is what he said. Uh, they still owe him, I think, what is it, seven million dollars for this yeah. season, a little over that. So the question for you guys is, and I think these are two different questions, so answer them as such: Why and why now? So let's start first with you, Nick. Why? Um, I think that I think. It, it is a big picture move, and and I've said this before. I said this on the radio. This is a situation of I'm going to get you before you get me. That's what I believe. That's why I think it's a why now. Explain that. He's on the hook for seven million dollars this year. That, that nothing can change with that. Next year, if he's hurt in any way, and I'm talking about hurt for March 15th or whenever the new league year is, hurt can't pass a physical because he had a surgery or something. That's nine million dollars. His agent would be the dumbest agent in the world if they didn't figure out a way to do that. So that's a way. That would be – they could get him – they could get the Cowboys. I think this is a way of, I'll get you before you get me. We don't feel like you're a good enough player to do this for next year. We've already made our bet this year. You're not playing a whole lot, so you're playing okay. Let's just move on and give you another opportunity. I think on, I think those two things go hand in hand. I do and too. That's what I what I stress to people when we talk about this is like nobody woke up yesterday and there's like a Jalen switch and they flipped it. You know, nobody woke up and decided like this is the day that this has happened. These are conversations that have been happening probably since February, mm-hmm. and then again in March, and then again in April, and then again after you draft Micah Parsons, and then again after you draft Jabril Cox. And then again, like every day during training camp and during the preseason, this is and this isn't to make us sound smart. We were caught completely off guard, just like the rest of the world. But have we not heard whispers of this being a possibility since mid-August? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't want to believe me, that's fine. But it's just the facts. We can't go public with everything we hear in this job. This is something they've been considering. Jalen has got us bent over a barrel. We're stuck with this contract through this year. The minute the league year started, we knew that. We weren't really planning on drafting Micah Parsons. We weren't really planning on Jabril Cox falling to us at 115. We thought he'd be long gone by the time day three started. Both of those things happened. So now we got all these guys. 
Well, let's go to training camp and give the new defensive coordinator a chance to figure this whole thing out and see who can play and who can't play and who picks up the scheme. How good is Parsons really? Turns out he's awesome. Uh, and I think that I mean yeah. that that's a big part of it. Obviously, you hope the number twelve overall pick is is good enough, but you're not going to make those decisions until you see it. So Parsons checks every box. You get into the season. You even see your life, and I completely believe Mike McCarthy. Jalen Smith has seemed to have a great attitude about this whole thing. Honestly, I don't have a bad thing to say about him as a person. All of my criticism has mainly just been he hasn't lived up to his contract, not even close. Um, so then you get into the season and you say, all right, well, let's platoon this thing and see how it works. You've played a month. you got four games of tape. The issues are there for anybody that wants to see them. you got a really promising rookie. They've also had a chance for Jabril Cox to practice and kind of show them. They're like, okay, like we, we feel good about him as a secondary option. We're not going to throw him into the starting lineup. But between Neal, Van Der Esch, Parsons, and then throw in Cox as well, we feel pretty good about this. And then to Nick's point, they say, if anything happens to this guy, we're on the hook for next year's salary, too. We're going to have to pay him $9 million. And so I've been talking for 10 minutes at this point, but it's all <laughs> all of this has to be considered. Like I said, you didn't wake up one day and we're like, we finally admit that this guy's not good. He can't play. We're cutting him today. That's not how it works. It is six months of analysis and conversation from 10 different places. McCarthy had a role in this. Quinn had a role in this. The front office had a role in this. And, and the players as well, because the young guys had to prove that they were capable of handling that role. And they got together Tuesday, and they were like, yeah, this seems like as good a time as any. Yeah. Well, they, he would, I also think it was getting to a point where he was going to be inactive. And Really? Yeah, I do. I mean, wow. I think in week one he was almost inactive. And but it's almost like the politics of do we want to do this and we know this is going to be a distraction because it's not a distraction when Luke Gifford's inactive you know I mean that's just it is Jalen's inactive then that's a story and people talk about that so it's I think definitely our headline yeah so I think it's more of a hey let's just do it let's do it now everything Dave said get it out of the way I think I think the Donovan Wilson of all people I think he kind of helps that too he comes back at safety or he's getting close to coming back. Jaron Curse is such a dynamic player. Him and Keanu Neal can help with the nickel stuff. I mean, there's just there's just ways of like maybe Jalen doesn't need to be on the field, and then factoring it all in, it's you know there's there's a lot to it. And, and I believe Mike McCarthy when he says this was a difficult decision, um, I don't I don't think he should have said that he he's played excellent football because you, you don't cut excellent players. You don't cut excellent players when you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, you've already paid for it. You, yeah. know, you only cut excellent players because of the salary cap. But even at that point, they're not excellent anymore. That's already spent money, though. So that doesn't even Those cap out. casualties are You're good never, players. Yeah. They're not excellent players. Yeah. So You're never that. cutting a guy that's at the top of his game. But, I mean, the thing about Jalen, too, I think we need to, we need to talk about this. We, we had a mailbag question about his legacy and all that. I mean, we're going to – I guess we'll get to that oh, here. Yeah. But I just – like – Everybody on the on here on this show, and some more than others, some aren't here, but but everybody <laughs> gives Jalen his, you know, he just is an eye roll all the time. But is he a bad guy? Like the thing is, is yeah, we we could have gotten cute, swipe left, ha ha. But it's not funny. That guy has never been a jerk to anyone in the media, and he could have been. He, I mean, he's been he could have been real surly. He hasn't. He's got a good attitude. People don't like it. People don't. They think he's delusional. They think he's unaware of the situation, or just doesn't care, or he's fake, or whatever. But you know, I think at the end of the day, I, 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 
I never really I never disliked him um, at all, and I just think you know people he's maybe misunderstood, but uh, you know it's 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 a kind of a, it's up in the air on. Did he have a successful story or, or not? Because he's been cut. Yes, here. he had a successful yeah, story. Yeah, I think he so too. Played professional well, football, and, and basically, I don't know how many of us or anybody that was that watches football thought at the moment that he had that injury in that bowl game. I think most people felt like at best he will get into the NFL and and not do anything. Yeah, and he had one year, one year I would when say he too. was. Well, Okay, that's fine. He had two good seasons. I I was going to say that one year to me was a standout year. That was a year when I look at him and I'm like, he was every bit as good as any other middle linebacker that you want to look at around the league, in my opinion. Maybe not better, but he was just as good as those guys in that one year for me. It's, I mean, Nick, I'm stealing this point straight from Nick. He opened my eyes to this. I don't remember when he said it, but the thing that people hate about Jalen is the obliviousness the naivete that everything's gonna be all right even though you can see me Mm. just trailing Odell Beckham by 15 yards (laughs) everything's great it's the same attitude that got him there in the first place it's so true because like I remember in 2016 standing there talking to the guy and I'm like my dude your foot is in a brace to keep it upright. Like, you can't walk without the assistance of a medical device. How can you possibly be this upbeat and confident that you're going to be okay? And he was. It and was. it worked. And and I wrote this in the mailbag. Like, it's just it just completely encapsulates the nature of the NFL, that he came from the, this low point of his life and got to a crazy high, got a $65 million contract out of it. And just a little over two years later, he's not good enough to be on the roster. How much do you guys think that this affects the locker room? Because there's been some talk about that from the standpoint that he at least has a perception from the outside looking in that he is a leader of this defense. Um, Is that what you perceive? I do think that most of the guys in the locker room like him. I haven't heard players necessarily have bad things to say about him. How do you think this affects the locker room in this type of situation where, by the way, they're playing really well right now? I don't think it affects it at all. If it does, it affects it in a positive way. I really believe In what that. way? I think the fact that they – the media looks and sees this guy can't play anymore. He can't run. The players see it. They know it, you know. And um, the, I, I think, you know, when a guy's standing up in the room and, you know, it's hard to be a leader when you're not a great player. It, it's really hard. Yeah, but the flip side to that is, and we probably have all seen this type of situation, there's sometimes people who – they mean so much to everybody in the room. It's not really about their production as much as it is their presence. Their presence just brings something to the room, even though you know they're not at their best. And you know why? Because you know what yeah. he, what he's been through. Like there's still something about their presence that has a way of motivating people. Has a way of kind of you know you don't know is he that kind of dude that when someone's having an off day he's the one that goes and sits down in the locker and says man you got this you good like those kinds of things matter right Dave before you weigh in on this I'm just gonna say if this if this football team at three and one can't figure out a way to get up for the New York Giants because a guy that because their fifth linebacker's not there then shame on them I don't think it affects them at all get ready to play hey it doesn't matter where you're playing. Home, way, parking lot, the moon, right? Because Jason Garrett's coming there we in. Go. So, you know what? Get that was ready such to... a good Jason Garrett. I said, God, I. <laughs> Everything I, about that was yeah. just. I hate the way he's left an imprint on me because last <laughs> night I was like, look, this comes with the dinner. I say that all the time. Um, ha! I think, I think Jalen Smith is very well liked. I don't yeah. think that he is 
followed. You know, I mean, mm. that's a good. Distinction. I'll sit here right now and tell you, like Dak is the heartbeat of this team. That they go where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's and that guy on the defense? TBD. I mean, was it was it Jalen? I don't think so. And that's there I was, was there I was, was a about clip. to say is Trayvon Diggs' middle name start with a B? I mean, is that TBD? <laughs> there we go. I thought that's what he honestly that's his initials. Give it three more weeks and it might be number eleven. Seriously, it might already it be might already be. Which actually, yeah. there's precedent for this. I brought this up last night, and I firmly believe it. To Nick's point. This team's kicking ass right now. You know what solves everything? Winning games. Yeah. It wasn't he wasn't cut, but remember where this team was in August of 2016 when the only reason that they had ever been good in the last decade got hurt and it was doom and gloom. And then Dak gets them off to a four and one, five and one start. And people like Des Bryant, who Tony Romo made his career, is like I don't know, man. I don't. Jason Witten. Jason yeah, Witten. same thing. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we can be pulling this four yeah. guy out of the lineup. Yeah. If you're winning, for I mean, sorry if it's disrespectful. Nobody gives a damn, and they're winning, and they're good, and it's no disrespect to Jalen. It's not because of him, and so I, I'm not worried about it to be honest with you. Yeah, and and you know, you ask another question why I, I was talking to you in your office before. Yeah, here's a, here's a reason why I was looking at the stats. Okay. He has 19 tackles this year. That's fourth on the team. That's a little surprising to me to think it was that high. It's more than Micah Parsons. It's more than a few players. But on the way the stats were laid out, there's tackles, and then there's everything else. There's a sacks. There's the interceptions, forced fumbles, four, uh, fumble recoveries, pass deflections, uh, hurries, tackles for loss, all these things. He had zero. He had nothing on there. The f- top 14 players on the list have something. They have an interception. They have fumble. They have hurries. They have tackle. They have they have something. Jalen has absolutely nothing on that. And so, yes, he's playing and tackling, but he's not making plays. He's out there doing stuff and doing his job, but not to the point of anything else that you bring to the table. And I thought that was kind of important to look at it and go, yeah, he's playing okay, but he doesn't give you anything else. The other 14 guys gives you something. I'm not trying to make jokes, but we talked about it last year. It's like, I don't think it's a coincidence that he's usually diving on the pile at the end of these plays. And that's, you know, there are people out there on social media that are like, he's led the team in tackles X amount of years. I'm like, no, I don't care. If 90% of those are 8, 10, 12 yards down the field, it's not a meaningful stat. The it's leading, just not. The, I tell you this, and, and and there's a guy that just about to get cut in New England, right? That everybody's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, why do they want the Why do the Cowboys want him to replace who? Who do they want to replace? Anthony Brown. Okay, who you know leads the team in tackles? Make sure you say it. Why do Cowboys fans want them to replace? Right. I mean, yeah. fans want to yeah. get. The, I want Stephon you said why Gilmore. the Cowboys? I don't want no, no the Cowboys to, fans. Yeah. They yeah. want Stephon Gilmore so they can replace Anthony Brown, who leads the team in tackles. No one cares. No one wants that. That's not for good reason that he leads the team in tackles. Yeah. So you know that's 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 wild that a cornerback leads the team in tackles. That's right. actually yeah. That's not it's a not great a good thing. thing. Yeah, it's not a great thing well, because this guy over here, you know, I don't want to mess with him. And when we do, it, it goes the other way. So you know, Anthony Brown gets his share, and Anthony Brown's playing okay. He is honestly, Anthony Brown to me is having. Probably as good to a start to a season as I've seen from him. Yeah. Now he's going to get and and he's going to get even more attention now. The more attention that Diggs gets, the more attention <laughs> that he's going to get in future weeks because defenses are going to say we're going to go at him. But I think he's played fairly well for who he for for what he's done in his career. Yeah. And, and what's the one play Anthony Brown that we remember? Well, there's been two that he did miss the tackle against the the Chargers. But the other play that everyone kind of remembers. Yeah, what on him? Anthony Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was a what on him? That was one that you know after talking to a few people, you're like, well. 
KZ was the one that kind of... I love the irony. I don't disagree with anything you've just said, and I think Anthony Brown's been pretty good, too. Um, he's public enemy number one now. Oh, yeah. Jalen Smith is... Oh, it's, yeah. Target just moved. The target shifted about eight <laughs> yards to the right, and it's... I mean, sorry, Anthony. It just yeah. is what it is. Here's where you are in your career, bro. Yeah. Hey, I, too bad, Anthony Brown's a sixth-round pick who got to a second deal, and now, by the way, there's three guys left from 2016 now. Top five Cowboy draft class ever, right? That's fair, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, top five draft class ever. Who's left? The number four overall pick, the franchise quarterback that you tripped over, and Anthony Brown. So, I promise you. Anthony's all right. He's he's fine. Anthony Brown doesn't give a damn what you think. And, by the way, his career will not be over. If after this year the Cowboys move on, his career will not be over. He'll play somewhere else. He'll have another few years of of good production. So, for him, as a six-round pick, he's already overachieved what you would expect from most six-round picks. He overachieved week one of his rookie year because he was in the starting lineup. Yeah. When he he was talking trash to Steve Smith from the Ravens, that's when I was like, wow, this guy, he's got a little something to him. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. He's playing with quite, Steve, against quite literally. Steve Smith. Yeah, and the, wow. that rookie year. Oh, against you don't the remember Ravens. that? No, I'm just saying Steve Smith's been out for a minute. So it just kind of puts weird, some context. Man. Yeah, puts Sante some Samuel's kid started against this team two weeks very ago. True. Yeah, very true. So what, I mean, what's next for Jalen? I mean, he's going to, I mean, man, I, he's going to play in the NFL. He's going to play, but he'll play for a little bit more. But has he got, Media, I mean, in his future, business. He, I think business for sure. Business for sure. Business for sure. He knows what he's doing on that front. He's got a whole program where he's working with young entrepreneurs. He gets that part. Like, he's not a dumb guy. Remember, he went to Notre Dame. Dumb people don't go to Notre Dame, I don't think. So, I mean, I think he's got a bright future in whatever he wants to get into. Um, I don't know about the media thing for him, just because I don't know if he's as likable in that kind of way from the standpoint of, like, Fans really like when he talks. I don't know that he's saying things that people are just like, oh my God, I love listening to this guy talk. He's not like Randy. Like, you listen to Randy talk, you're like, man, I love listening to this guy talk. He always has insightful things to say. I think Jalen's more of kind of the can thing. So I don't know if that works from a media yeah, standpoint. He would have to drop the shtick to do that for right. a living. Because I, he, he was here for six years and I never felt like I was getting something authentic from him the whole time. Which right. again, it goes back to the whole thing of like, that helped him recover from his injury. Clear eye view, but. I, don't, I think it wears yeah. thin after yeah. a while, but I do think he'll be successful in whatever else he decides. To I do mean, that's, and I know it 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 annoyed people because he wasn't playing up to his contract. But yeah, he's impressive. With I mean, he's got small businesses in like Florida and Indiana, yeah. and he's helped people entrepreneurs invest. And it's he's very he gives to the community and all that. Like again, don't have a bad thing to say about the guy as a person. Just, it's unfortunate what happened with this contract. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. We'll talk, uh, shift the conversation a little bit, talk about the New York Giants offense versus the Cowboys defense. We may even ask him a little bit about Jalen Smith. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a Cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com Cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is back for another exciting season. Don't miss new episodes every Friday at 9, 8 central, only on CMT. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. And, Bucky, I want to start today with the news of the day. Uh, give me your thoughts when you first heard the news that Jalen Smith uh, is no longer with the Cowboys. I know you had mentioned, I think it was last week or week before, that you thought he actually was playing better this year. What were your thoughts when you first heard the Cowboys made the move? Um, just maybe surprised by the timing. I thought if this move was going to be made, it would have made it during training camp. So all you have to do is follow the tea leaves. Teams typically give you bird droppings and let you know what they're thinking. When the Cowboys draft two linebackers uh, relatively high in the draft and telling that they have an issue at linebacker that they wanted to resolve. When they sign another veteran in Keanu Neal, who was a safety that they move in the linebacker, it tells you that they don't believe in the linebackers that they currently have. And so when I looked at the situation coming out of training camp, I expected him to be one of the guys that might have been let go at the end of camp. Because normally when you have a surplus, you make the move in, then you're not necessarily tied into some of the money, depending upon how the deal was worked out, particularly when money guarantees for rookie for veterans after the first week. Well, now that he made the team and you now you're on the hook for the seven point two million dollars. I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe he's going to be around because, look, the Cowboys thing had been working. The defense had been playing well, even though he wasn't starting. He was coming in and he was doing a good job in the role that he was assigned to do. Look, I'm not saying that he was playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he certainly wasn't awful when he was on the field. And because the team was winning, typically you try not to mess with the culture of the locker room when things are going well. That said, the league is now evolving to where you're seeing more of these teams play with two linebackers extensively. And then that other guy is a safety hybrid, a nickel, uh, somebody else, because you have to be fast, athletic, and you have to be able to do things in coverage. Jalen Smith certainly can do that. But in listening to your guys' points in terms of where he may wind up, I would expect him to see him in the league. And I think what you have to do is look at the coaches that followed that he coached that coached him before, they tend to still see those older players glowingly. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen Smith make his way to the Raiders just because when you think about the Raiders and their defensive woes, uh, he could potentially be a fit there because Rod Marinelli could maybe bless him and endorse him. 
there might be a place because the Raiders have a tradition of trying to take retreads and miscasts and giving them an opportunity to find, regain their career, rebuild their career. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. For all the jokes we make about the Giants, a lot of Cowboys have wound up in Vegas since Rod got there. No doubt about it. No for sure. Yeah. I, when, he, when he first said that, Bucky, I thought, my first thought was Eberflus. Was Eberflus even here when I think he was? Yeah, right? he was for yeah for a little while. Yeah, so I would, mm-hmm. I, and he's still with the he's Colts. with the Colts. Colts. Yeah, Colts. Yeah, that's not on the schedule. That's not as good. Yeah, <laughs> oh, everything that he, he screams Raiders uh, with him. So if that that happens, that would make a lot of sense. And let me ask you this, uh, Bucky. You, you talked about those safeties that now kind of have that role on the nickel. What player do you think plays the most now? With him no longer on the roster, he was fourth on the team in tackles, Jalen Smith. So which player do you think kind of takes a little bit more of the bulk of his snaps? Well, I mean, I think the two players that actually come to mind, Keanu Neal and Jabril Cox. I think you got to get those guys into the mix and get them in the rotation. I think Keanu, I think Keanu Neal gets the first bite of the apple just because of the familiarity with the system, the trust that Dan Quinn already has in him, and his ability just in watching how he played in training camp, his ability to potentially come down over the tight end, his ability to be in the box and be comfortable. I think he is the one that probably is first up. But if Jabril Cox gets a chance to get on the field and shows the team that he's ready to play, I think he certainly would get more playing time. He was drafted for a reason. He was drafted to occupy this role. They wanted to get younger. And I think the bigger surprise is Leighton Vander Esch playing well and DQ falling in love with what Van Der Esch could bring to the table could make it a situation where the linebacker who is LVE, Michael Parsons on one side, Jabril Cox on the other. So you have the veteran with two young dynamic athletes playing. And now you just kind of get after it because the goal of the defense is to be faster and more athletic. So, Buck, my goal last night, I was planning on having like a quiet night. I was going to have the baseball game on in the background and watch the Giants-Saints game on my laptop. And that just got completely nuked at like 7 and probably 6.45. So I haven't seen it. Um, I have, I've, I've been convinced for a long time that Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. And then he goes into the Superdome and drops 400 yards on the Saints. So what happened? And is it is it the sign of, of him turning a corner? I mean, what are, what are we talking about here? Is he good now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's, he's beginning to turn the corner. He's beginning to make plays. And um, second game that we've seen this year, one was the Washington football team. He played pretty well in that game, uh, even though they came up short, partially because they jumped off sides on a field goal attempt. And then he played really well against the Saints. And, look, I, I, I hate to – be the bearer of bad news for the Cowboys. Hey, this dude is pretty athletic. He's pretty good, and they're doing some things that fit his wheelhouse. They're using his talents. He can throw the ball and push it outside, but he is a very athletic and borderline dynamic athlete who can make things happen when he's running the ball. So you'll see quarterback draws. You'll see the occasional read option stuff to keep the defense honest, and he'll take off and run. And so as he's beginning to get more comfortable working under Jason Garrett, we're beginning to see some of the things that led the Giants take him when he was playing at Duke. He is not a slouch now. He's, I'm not quite ready to say, hey, he's elite, 
But he, he's playing pretty well, and he could be problematic if you don't give him the proper respect and attention that he needs coming into this game. They played that game at New Orleans uh, without Sterling Shepard or Darius Slay, uh, and, and and they had their best, obviously, their best offensive performance Darius of the season. Slayton? I'm sorry, Darius Slayton. I'm like, sorry, damn, Darius Slayton. what happened here? Um, okay, so sorry. Who fill those roles, and what challenges do they present that are different uh, from the starters? Well, I mean, I, I think the one thing with, like, Sterling Shepard is a nice, like, number two, number three option. I think his best stuff is when he gets in the slot and he's able to work. He's one of the cleanest route runners that you'll find. So he can twist and turn and get your DBs all in a tizzy with his route running ability. Kenny Galladay is the guy that they brought over to be the number one receiver. He is supposed to anchor the passing game. I don't know if it's the right role for his skill set, but he's playing that role. So when you didn't have Shepard, what happened is Kadarius Toney, their first-round pick, got more opportunities to play and more balls went in his direction. Kenny Galladay got more balls headed in his direction. And then Saquon Barkley emerged. And we know if you have three dynamic playmakers on an offense, you can make that thing work. And so now they have some confidence because they moved the ball down the field. It's the most explosive that we've seen. So if you're Jason Garrett and you're the Giants, you now try and figure out, okay, how can we build upon the effort that we put together against a really solid New Orleans Saints defense? Uh, I think they come with a lot of confidence, and I think they try and find a way to pick up where they left off against the Saints. All right, Bucky, when the Giants have the ball, take it on the Cowboys' defense, who is the best player from Penn State on the field right then? (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be? The best player on the field from Penn State? Yeah. Look, Michael Parsons is playing great, but Saquon Barkley (laughs) is a difference maker, and he is showing no ill effects right now from the knee. And so what we saw in the last game, we saw the big playability. Now, he is not this guy that I'm going to say, but his production kind of goes like this guy goes. So when back in the day when I was playing, Barry Sanders was the thing where you see negative run, two-yard gain, five-yard gain, 50-yard gain. That's how Saquon Barkley's production is. So you have to give him enough touches to live through some of the bad moments Mm -hmm. so you can see the explosive pop. When they give him the ball 20 to 25 times, at some point, he is going to pop because he's just too good, too dynamic, too versatile as a runner and a receiver to make things happen. It's really important that all eyes are on 26. He is the guy that you have to throw a blanket on. Make those other guys win the game. You can't let him get loose because when he gets loose, they certainly can win. That's like that old heavyweight fighter that he may may not have what he used to, but he can still have that one punch, and that one punch can knock you out. Oh, well, no, he's not like that. I'm not saying that he, he's washed up. I think no, he's not washed up, is, but you've got to watch him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch him because he can explode at any time. And he may go through a lull in a game where you see 10 carries where he doesn't really scratch. But on the 11th, it's a 35-yard game. And then you look at the end of the game, he might have a 100-yard day. But it's one of those where it's not a steady drip. It is flood, then a famine. Like, it's, 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 it's really different in terms of, watching his production but that going all the way back to Penn State that's how he was productive he's not like the steady Eddie grinder that Ezekiel Elliott was at Ohio State and how Ezekiel Elliott has been with the Cowboys he is boom or bust when it comes to his production so the Giants caught a lot of grief last year because they took Andrew Thomas first in that amazing tackle class and he was the worst of the group last year but I, I I feel like I'm seeing things, reading things that his level of play is improving, or or am I wrong about that? How's he holding up over there, left tackle? No, I mean he's doing better. I mean he's doing better. And there was a lot of surprise about uh, Andrew Thomas going first, but you know, like 
what we're learning is, A, what we thought about players prior to the draft, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt when they get to their new teams and they get to the environment because then it becomes about how do they fit within the scheme. Part of the reason why he was drafted and selected was due to Joe Judge's relationship with Kirby Smart. He, he, he really went in on the opinion of his buddy, his former colleague, Kirby Smart. And so they thought that he would be the one who was most ready to play because of the experience that he had, the long arms, the, the, the pedigree, per se. And so he struggled. But a lot of guys, like the second year is really when you see the, the jump from how they played their first year to the second year. We have seen a bit of a jump. It hasn't been all-star caliber, but it's certainly been solid for them. And what the Giants needed they need a solid play after getting so much shoddy play from the offensive line for years. All right, Bucky, appreciate the time. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about the, about the uh, New York Giant defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break. Uh, I got some questions for these guys. We'll talk a little bit more about this defense and how it's going to be affected with Jalen Smith no longer on the team. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Cowboys Nation can join the fight against cancer with 2021 Crucial Catch gear. Every dollar of NFL royalties from this collection will be donated to the American Cancer Society. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, Again, the news of the day, Jalen Smith released by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I had a question for you guys that's changed a little bit. I was going to ask you guys in this final segment about Micah Parsons, and uh, we saw – you know, he's he's kind of moved around in different games, playing defensive end, playing linebacker. Last week, it seemed like to me, uh, just just without looking at numbers, seemed like he played a lot more linebacker than defensive end last week. How much do you, do you think 
What First of all, what do you think they're going to do with him this week? And how much do you think, if at all, Jalen no longer being on the team affects that? I think it can only be a positive thing. I wrote about this. I wrote a story kind of just thinking forward what might what it might look like. And I'll just pull out my old cliche from a couple years ago. Three to play two. That's what you got now, uh, at least in your in your nickel. And I just I think of Leighton Vanderesh as my uh, well, I think of Leighton Vanderesh and Micah Parsons platooning the Mike job with Keanu Neal as your primary will. Maybe Jabril Cox is part of that eventually. And just and and the number of snaps Leighton plays just depends on what else Dan Quinn's, Quinn wants him to do. Um, I think he'll play more linebacker as the season goes. But again, you say we're thinking we want you for 18 snaps down at end, and then we can get you 40 at linebacker. I don't know. However, the math works out. Whatever. But so you can swap those two guys in and out. You know, it's like when you when you do a, another part of this whole thing that and I actually was talking to our producer Chris Beam last night, who brought this up, and it's kind of like when you you get some loans. You know, at some point you got to pay it back. Well, you know, they they had five or six guys. They oh, we could put put these guys on IR. Just put them on IR, and then when they come back, they'll they'll come back later on in the season. And well, here we are, and some of these guys are starting to come back. And you got to take somebody's roster spot, and you know, and, and you think about the the younger guys that are being inactive, the Maquamus of the world. Well, they don't want to cut those guys. I mean, they 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 want to hang on to them. So some, something's got to happen. They got to pay the piper here, and and that's where. The Jalen Smiths, and I'm not saying there's going to be more of those, but there's got to be more guys getting cut. There yeah. will be more guys getting released, and so that's where a lot of this kind of goes into play. Let's let's not forget that part of it too, is they had some roster decisions to make. You can't just say, "Hey, getting real close on Michael Gallup coming back," which he's not. He's actually a few weeks away. But you know, the Kelvin Josephs really close, and Neville Gallimore. There's well, a lot of guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, there well, could be a bloodletting when the bye week's over. Honestly, yeah, they're two games away. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in these two games. But then on the other side of the bye week, there's probably at least three or four guys that could be – like I think Gallup's probably aiming to come back after the bye. I don't know about Gallimore. Joseph is another one. Still haven't heard from Sean McCune. Josh Ball as Josh well. Ball. I mean – Okay, so so here's the interesting part. If you guys think you can, give me some names of some guys that – you're looking just at like firing man, people are, here on the air. Just, no, no, no. And, and by the way, let's let's put caveats on this. It. Like, there's no, there's no obviously no guarantee here, but they do have to make some moves. Who are some of the guys that you look at and you're like, because of all the things factored in, the money, the contract, how they're playing, the other depth that they have at the position. Who are some of those guys? Ty and Secchi. You know, I mean, Lyle Collins comes back from from. Mm-hmm. Didn't even mention Lyle. Yeah, but he should come back in a couple, two more games. Um, you know, then you feel like Steele will be the you know swing tackle for sure. Josh Ball's coming back. I just don't see the the point there for, for yeah. Ty, Ty and yeah, Secchi. I, I mean, I was going to say Brandon Knight for similar reasons. Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, you, know, you look at some of these receivers you've got. You, you have you know Fajoko and you have um, Malik Turner, Turner now. Yeah, so you don't need to keep the, both of them when Gallup's back. So I mean, you, you now they needed some more linebackers though. I, I do think they need to add line. I mean. I think at one point Francis Bernard's another IR guy, is he, he, or is he? He might be pup. Yeah, I mean they they only had six linebackers with Jalen Smith like when they entered the season, and and that that's not even on. I mean that's the whole team practice squad and everything. That's who they have to practice every week is six. And now they only have five, and you know they had five when Keanu Neal was out. So they need a little bit of depth there, but. Yeah. 
They don't I, have anybody on the practice squad? I don't think so. Yeah, what think about the secondary? Is there anybody that needs to hang it in there that they... Um, Maurice Kennedy? That's possible. Right, that's I, Which I don't mind talking about it, but that's... It, there's a lot of moving parts, and there's just no real way to know. So we're just kind of throwing out names of guys who don't have a clearly defined role. That's basically which is, what which we're is doing. Actually, what we what we're trying to get to is like, what are that? Who is that list of guys yeah. that could be on a list that the Cowboys would have? Of but, these are the guys that yeah. we may have to part ways with. Bradley you know? and I. I mean, it's a a player that's you know he comes back from COVID, but I mean, you know, I don't know what what his role is exactly, and and Kamara's kind of in there too. I mean. Kamara for sure. Kamara's a guy definitely, out. and that's that's one that you would you would think that they would hope. Hopefully, they would think you know if we got to cut him, maybe we can get him back to our practice squad if nobody's going to yeah. claim him, right? Yeah. But I mean, it's gonna it, it could get interesting at defensive tackle if Gallimore comes back, Watkins comes back, uh, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill, yeah. I mean, they got to figure something out there. Yeah. I and mean, we we said that from the whole offseason. like there's just too many guys. Right. Something will shake out, and it kind of did. But now, if it gets back into the mix, well, the other thing too, and not to sit on the fence too much, but this it's it's the most violent sport. There's two more games. The odd, I mean, the odds that they make it through two games with nothing happening are slim. So some of these decisions will be made easy for them because yeah. something will happen. And, and I'm not trying to cop out, but that's just the reality of the sport. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get into a little more talk on the New York Giant defense this time against the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!